Let's pick up our Bibles, make our confession this morning. If you're visiting with us, we just make a confession about what we believe. It's good to know what you believe. It's even better to say what you believe. (laughs) Amen. So let's say it. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's pretty hard to mix it up. (laughs) You can be seated. Hallelujah. I love that song. I could sing it over and over because it's the truth. You know, we're blessed to be a blessing, but we are blessed. Turn your name and say, I am blessed. You know, there's a, there's a word out there on the street, so to speak. Sometimes it says, you know, prosperity, you know, that's just a false message. Well, if it is, then you need to put your Bible in the trash because that's what it says. Says that God is a blesser. It says in third John two, beloved, I wish above all things that you would be blessed as your soul prospers, so would your health and your life prosper. How many of you know finances are needed today? How many of you have children? How many of you know a pair of tennis shoes isn't what it used to be? Because now they see all the commercials, and they got to have this certain kind. I remember the first time I took my grandchildren, I said, hey, you guys need tennis. Holy camoly. I went to the something-something in the mall out there, and the cheapest pair of tennis shoes that they were even considering for the right kind that they had to have to play ball and do what they do were like 50 bucks. And they went up from there a lot. And so uh, now they earn money to buy their own, praise Jesus. I think that's a good idea. (laughs) But, you know, I think it's important that we realize that God said he will provide whatever we have need of. He will make a way where there is no way. And we need to believe the truth of the word of God because when you're living the truth, you live in abundance. You live in abundance of peace joy and all those other things, not just finances, but your life can be a life of what the Bible says, abundant living. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And so we need to grab a hold of those words and make them real. I'm going to share a message today that um, my husband had actually asked me a few weeks ago. He said, now are we doing a musical for Christmas? How many of you even know what a musical is? Well, we used to do them all the time, and uh, and we would we one time uh, we we had one where we were dancing and singing. We have the drape up across here. The musical got so big there wasn't room to seat people, and so we finally gave that up. We couldn't do it in here anymore. But uh, so we were talking about that, and I said, "No, I don't have a musical, but uh, I do have a word that God's put in my heart for the holidays, and it's out of Isaiah." Uh, chapter 9. And you know, the prophet Isaiah talked a lot about Jesus. He talked a lot about Jesus coming. Uh, So did Jeremiah. So did Ezekiel. Those are the last uh, three books that I'm really reading for reading through the Bible in a year. So they've been real real to me lately. And um, I don't know why I've read through the Bible lots of years in a row now. But for some reason this year, as I've been reading those three books, I've thought, oh, Lord, this isn't just an Old Testament story. This is where we are. And uh, this is where America is. This is where the world is. This is where we're living in a, in a state of uh, darkness. Everybody say darkness. And uh, the darkness has intensified. Uh, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace much more. Well, that would mean that if there's gross darkness, then there's going to be abundant life. A light, light. Everybody say light. And that's why you saw the candle up here. Um, actually, I had had uh, Megan design a card for a Christmas card to send all of you. And then Pastor Bill found one he liked better. So we threw ours in the trash and said, go ahead. Hallelujah. You can do it. Because uh, he loves to write Christmas cards. And he loves to sign them all personally. And he loves to write notes in them sometimes. And so he's got his project now for the next four weeks. But I believe God has a word for us. A light in the darkness. You know, that God called us into the earth to be a light in the darkness. And we can think there's not darkness, but I hope today as I share the scripture that you'll see um, it wasn't just a dark time for Israel. It wasn't just a dark time in the earth uh, from the last book of the Old Covenant, Malachi, until the coming of Christ when he was born in that manger. Uh, It was a long period of time. And there was no word from God, and, and everything became more and more dark. In other words, things just became more and more okay to do whatever you wanted to do. But God wasn't speaking to the people. Now, they had a written word of sorts. You know, they had some of the word, just like we do. But, but they, weren't, they weren't living that, and they didn't hear the voice. Everybody say, hear the voice. And so uh, in November, I shared all month on, on Wednesday nights 
on the voice. And we talked about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's voice that God has put within us. It's the deposit he made in our lives so that he could be with us, Emmanuel, God with us all the time. And uh, in the middle of that, uh, as I was teaching that, I noticed at CVS, I saw in a thing on my computer that they had gotten a North Pole communicator. And so I had Megan go get it. And uh, we set the timer in it. And uh, I'll just play for you what it says. It's very interesting. You just turn this dial in. Hello, this is Clementine Bell, one of the North Pole elves. We can't talk right now, but check back on December 1st. Well, they're going to talk on December 1st on in there. They are. Tomorrow's December 1st. I'm going to check it out. However, everybody say the Lord speaks every day. And, and, you know, when I first shared this, it was the beginning of November. Well, what if you couldn't get an answer from the Lord for down the road somewhere? That's not what happened. When Jesus came, everybody say, when Jesus came, light came, revelation came, and the voice of God as we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior becomes alive and real in us, and we can hear from God 24-7. And so I want us to look today at um, people in darkness. You know, the world... Uh, the Bible says if they don't know Jesus, that they live in darkness. In other words, they do not have any understanding of spiritual things. How many of you have tried to talk to someone who is living in what they may not consider darkness, but what the word says is darkness as we look at it today, but they don't hear you when you talk. You know, you talk and when you get done, it's like they didn't understand one thing that you said to them. Well, that's what the scripture says will happen. And it says, uh, this is what it says in Isaiah nine, but in the midst of judgment, there is the promise. Everybody say the promise and the certainty of the Lord's deliverance. And there shall be no gloom for who, who was in anguish in the former time, the Lord brought into contempt, the land of Zebulun, the land of Natalia, Latali, but in the latter time, he will make it glorious by the way of the sea of Galilee. Everybody say Galilee. Well, Jesus began his ministry in Galilee. And so this is a prophetic word. Everybody say prophetic. Now, what that means is it's a future word that Isaiah, as a prophet, had no idea. And in the natural, it didn't look like it at all. But he had revelation from the spirit of God. And then he was considered a prophet because he would tell that information. And the way you saw in the old covenant, if someone was really a prophet was if what they said came to pass, you know, and so he had been over time, uh, he was accredited as a prophet. And so this word that he's speaking that will, this will come to pass. He goes on to talk about Jesus and he says, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light with a capital L. Those who dwelt in the land of intense darkness and the shadow of death upon them has the light shined. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for revelation today for those that are here. I thank you that those maybe today that are in a situation where darkness is clouding what you're really saying, that the light will shine, the truth will come. I thank you, Father, that hopelessness is bound in the house of God and that we begin to live with the great hope that we have because the light has already come. The light is in the earth. It's in us. And I thank you, Father, that you give us revelation of that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Now, it says in um, Matthew chapter 4, which is the new covenant, uh, the scripture is quoted. The people who sat or were uh, dwelt in enveloped in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the land of de shadow of death, light has dawned. And from that time, Jesus began to preach, crying out, repent, change your mind for the better, amend your ways, uh, abhor your past sins for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, today the kingdom of heaven is here because Jesus came and he brought that light and he deposited it in each one of you. And sometimes, uh, as I've read this, I, I was, I went back and looked up the word darkness in the Greek and it says spiritual, moral, and intellectual darkness, which arises from either error, error, arrogance, disobedience, willful blindness, and rebellion. Darkness is an evil system. Everybody say an evil system. It's, it's not a person. It's an evil system absolutely opposed to light. 
And that's why when light shines on darkness, there is such a, a, a spirit of anger and rebellion and fury that can come from revelation of the light. And we're seeing that more and more uh, in, in opposing views in our nation, but around the world. And people see it as people. You know, we see the threat as a nation like Iran, Iraq. Uh, some people see it as Israel. Israel is still, those are still God's people, um, you know, in Syria. And we see the things that go on. There's gross darkness there. Everybody say darkness. Because there's not a revelation of Jesus and the light has not been placed into that into those areas enough, everybody say enough, that darkness has been opposed to a place where it has no voice. Instead, darkness has exalted itself, and the voice that people hear is the voice of darkness and not the voice of light. And it, when you see it, it brings great hatred and anger, and it has no uh, ability to really even reason rightly because it becomes just insatiated with, with people who oppose it. Everybody say, evil hates light. And uh, we see it in Jesus' life. You know, Jesus was the son of God. He came into the earth. It says he was light. That's what he says about himself. I want to give you this scripture in John 12. If you'll look at John 12, uh, 42 through 46, Jesus said, I am the light. I have come into the earth. I am the light. Well, that infuriated the enemy because light opposes darkness. And so when the light came, there was now a reason for even religion to oppose it because the light brought understanding. Everybody say understanding. It brought revelation. It brought freedom. It brought hope. It brought peace and joy and all those things. But darkness opposes that light because it wants darkness to stay on people's lives. How many of you know some people who were once in light and now they like they're in darkness. They have not revelation. And you wonder, what, what happened to those people? Well, they sat down. Everybody say, sat down in darkness. And now they meditate long enough. And pretty soon the light grows dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until there's no light. The light is in them, but the light is not shining anymore. And I've seen that happen over the years that we've been in ministry in people's lives that I've just thought, I don't know how that could have happened. And I've even said to my husband, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And my husband, being the man of few words, said, believe it. <laughs> it's true. It happens. And so as we look at these scriptures, Jesus had the same problem. And he told, he told the people, uh, you, are, you will have the light, meaning himself, only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living by it so that the darkness may not overtake and overcome you. So there is a possibility, even if you are children of the light, to have darkness overtake you in an area of your life. And then he went on and said, uh, he talks about how Isaiah prophesied about this. And he says, yet in spite of all this, many, even the leading men, the authorities and nobles believed and trusted in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, everybody say religious people. The religious people, the, the, the teachers of the Pharisees, they would teach against Jesus. They did not confess it for fear that if they should acknowledge Christ, they would be expelled from the synagogue. I mean, how many of you know there are people who go along with whatever darkness says because they don't want to be expelled from the synagogue. I remember years ago, uh, brother John Osteen, which is Joel's dad. He, he said, uh, you know, I've received the left foot of fellowship from the Baptist denomination because I began to pray in the spirit and they, they gave me the left foot of fellowship. And he always talked about how he loved him anyway, but they had given him this left foot of fellowship. Well, you know, what happened to Jesus is basically that he received the left foot of fellowship from all religious leaders, including the Jews. And so many of them, and it says, for they love the approval and the praise and the glory that came from men instead of, and more than the glory, everybody say the glory that comes from God. They valued their credit with men more than their credit with God. And it says that in second Timothy chapter three, that in the last days, men will be lovers of self. Not, not that they won't love God, but they'll love themselves more than they'll love God. And everybody say that's darkness. See, that's the set-in of darkness. And darkness doesn't just get dark all of a sudden. You know, the other day we were coming home, and, and uh, Bill said to me, uh, 
is it going to rain? Because it was real dark ahead of us, and it was the west, and it should have been light still, but where we were coming from the east, the darkness was beginning to overtake the light, it looks like. I mean, it's just the sun going around or the earth going around, but it, it does change from light to dark. You know, there's day and night. And so in the realm of the spirit, it's possible for people to have light and then become dark. Does that make sense? And that's what God, I believe, for the season that we're in here between now and Christmas, um, these, are, these are the weeks called Advent in preparation of the coming of Jesus. Not the second coming, but, you know, when he came. And, and in the Catholic Church, they celebrate each Sunday, and they go through the Old Covenant scriptures because they all proclaimed the light was coming. Well, the light is here. I mean, it's happened. But a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people who had light don't know they're in the darkness because they're not associating with light anymore. And so all the darkness that they see around them means that they're still okay. How many of you know you can be think you're okay and you're not okay? And so we have opportunity, especially during these four weeks, when we're out among the world. And that's what it says about uh, darkness in this scripture. It says it's gloom, evil, sin, obscurity, ignorance of divine truth, moral depravity, total absence of light, and a lack of spiritual perception. And it says it basically describes everything earthly or demonic that is in enmity against God. Well, Everything that's in enmity against God, it says in James, is of the world. Everybody say, of the world. And it says it's always against the things of God. But it also says in the book of Galatians that in the spirit we war against the flesh and the spirit because they are in enmity with each other. So we can get in a battle with, is that God? Well, and I've witnessed in the last two years people who have walked with God who now feel like God let them down. That's the worst place of all to be, is when you feel like God didn't come through. Because if God didn't come through, who is going to come through? Everybody say, that's a lie. God always comes through. He may not come through on our timetable. He may not come through in a way that we thought he would come through for us. But God never leaves us for forsakes us, and he always makes a way where there is no way. So those are lies. But when you sit in darkness in your thought realm of things that you meditate long enough, the darkness overtakes the light. And then the person is so consumed. We're going to talk about that later. But in Luke 179, uh, when Zechariah was talking to uh, the people about his son John, that was born. He said he will be the forerunner for Christ, for the Messiah. And then he went on and said, the Messiah in verse uh, 179, he said, will give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide their feet into the way of peace. Now, how many of you would say we have peace in the world? You know, people are looking for peace. They think if we stop war, we won't have, we will have peace. We will never have peace because evil will always come against light. Darkness will always come against light. So what are we going to do? Well, we're the people of the light. Everybody say we're the people of the light. And I believe in the earth today, we have such a great opportunity because we walk. There's never more people out shopping or out in public than they are right now in, in even this city, but I'm sure all over the United States. Did you see Black Friday on the news? I mean, people running over people to get where they were trying to go for shopping things. How many of you, though, that's a great time for light and darkness to collide? Maybe you already have collided over the weekend with some darkness. <laughs> but, but we have an opportunity to really shine the light of Jesus because the world, world is getting so dark. And, and to be that light that's going to draw people, the Bible says, to Jesus. And so I looked at 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, and this is who we are. Uh, we may not always feel like this is who we are, but this is what the Word says you are. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so you may not recognize the light uh, is on you, but I read, uh, I read 
one day in my Faith to Faith about Jerry Seville. Some of you may have heard this story and know who Jerry Seville is, but he went with his wife to the mall, and uh, he said uh, he didn't care for shopping so much, you know, but he, so he was wandering. How many of you men have ever just wandered while your wife shopped? I wonder while Pastor Bill shops. He's the shopper. I am not the shopper, so I'm the happy wanderer. Not so happy sometimes, but, uh, you know, I'm wandering around the mall, uh, and, and this is what he said happened. This actually happened to him. He was in a store, and a woman walked up to him and said, would you pray for me? And he didn't know her. And he said, well, I'll pray for you, but how, I mean, why did you come to me? She said, because I was praying and the Lord told me to go to the mall and there would be somebody there who would pray for me. And he, she said, I came and I was watching and I would see this light and it would go in this store and out and it would go in that store and out. And then it would go in this store. She said, I started following the light. I started following the light and you were the light. Everybody say the light. See, that is scripture. Well, I don't know. You know, he was just a happy wanderer. I don't know if he even wanted to be there. But God, but God knew he was there. And he was a light. He was a light because he was part of this chosen generation of people called out of darkness into light. Didn't say he did anything to make himself light. It said God called him out of darkness and made him light. That's what it says about Christ. He was made light. So that's by the power of God, not by man. That's by what God does. And, and every one of you sitting here today who knows Jesus, you are a light. You know, now your light may blink sometimes. You may be just a blinking light. And, you know, but, but at least every now and then it goes off, you know. But it's in there. Say it's in there. And uh, some people, you know, are so in darkness that when their light even blinks, there is hardly anyone who can see it. But who sees it is a person who has the light. Are you hearing me? There are a lot of hurting people out there. And the light that we have will connect with the light that's in them. And they won't even know. They, they may not even know who you are because they've let darkness so overtake their life. Uh, hopelessness. Everybody say hopelessness. You know, when hopelessness takes over people's lives, it takes over in degrees. It just doesn't one day wake up and, you know, they're hopeless. I mean, I just, uh, I have a, a close friend. Actually, it's my sister, my daughter-in-law's sister. And her husband went to work out a week ago on Saturday. And uh, he had a massive heart attack. He was 52 years old. And, and it was over. Well, that's a very hard thing for her to walk through. But she knows Jesus and so the light, as it connects with the little bit of light, maybe right, right now her light isn't on full steam, but there is light in her. Everybody say light. And so there's ability to connect. And so we need to be that light. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says that we are to walk. See then that you walk. Everybody say walk. Circumspectly. That means being uh, understanding, having perception. And, and like Jesus said, I really perceive their thoughts. You know, not just what they're saying, but they, he perceives thoughts. Not as fools, but as wise. And then it goes on and says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Well, what is evil hate? Light. Evil hates light. And so when, when we're that light, we may not always be an embraced light. How many of you have ever tried to give light into a dark situation that they didn't want any light? Well, we don't always do it by what we say, but we can do it by what we pray. We can do it by, by what we speak. Everybody say speak. You know, we're called to speak the truth and speak the word over situations. So we have an opportunity. This is, this is something that I didn't see for a long time. All of us know the word uh, in John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world. Y'all know that scripture? That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But it's the next few verses that are really good. It says, for God did not send the son into the world in order to judge to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world. How many of us, sometimes we want to we declare how bad it is so we can help them see how good God is, but all they hear is how bad they are. 
they never heard the other part. And so it says, and he didn't do that, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. He who believes in him, who clings to trust in relies on him is not judged who trust in him never comes up for judgment for in him. There is no rejection, no condemnation. He incurs no damnation, but he who does not believe is already judged. Because he's not believed and trusted in the name of the only begotten son. It isn't so much that people believe you or trust you. It's that they believe in God. Because you aren't going to save them from hell. Jesus is. And so it's not, not what you can convince them that you're right. It's that they, you, you, can, you can impart to them that God is for them. And he loves them. And he is always right. And, and that, but he's always righteous in his rightness. And so he's always trying to bring people to a place of help and not condemn and judge. And so and then it goes on. It says the basis of the judgment, the test by which men are judged, the ground for the sentence lies in this. In other words, this is how people are judged by God. The light has come into the world and the people love darkness more than they loved the light because their ways were evil. Everybody say evil hates light and they didn't want their ways to be seen. Does that make sense? And so when you're trying to share Christ with someone or you're trying to do what God tells you to do, maybe, and it's not fully received, well, that's just evil resisting you, not that person. That's just the darkness trying to keep your light out. But God will show us how to love with a light that will change people's hearts. I believe that with all my heart because he did not come to judge. Years ago when I worked at ORU in 1979, I was a single mom and, um, you know, I, I was growing in my faith in God and learning about Jesus from the word. And, and God said to me, uh, ask to see people the way I see them. And then you won't have any problem with people. Well, that is true. If you ask that you would see with the eyes of the spirit, you would see what Jesus sees. Then you would see a hurting person and you would see why they're hurting. And then you have the light to bring light to the darkness that has captured them. How many of you believe that uh, darkness is a captive place? It's a, it's a place of captivity. Uh, and the enemy loves to get us there. The, the enemy loves to put us in captivity. Whether it's just a thought process of some small thing, but he wants to put us in captivity. I have seen people who have been very powerful in the word of God. They know the word of God. But in their finances, they still believe that, you know, well, if it's the will of God. And then in their health, I've seen people who really believe in salvation and they believe that God will prosper them. But then when it comes to their health, they say, well, you never know what God might do. It's the will of God. I just had a lady uh, a couple of weeks ago that I was sharing about the story about uh, my, my daughter-in-law's sister. And she said, you know, I just don't understand. You know, just one day God comes, he just snatches them off the earth. I'm thinking, no, you know, if you see God as the thief, as the snatcher, where are you going to go? for life that that's not truth and so it's it, when we proclaim light when we live light when we see god for who he is we give people an opportunity to come out of that place of captivity of bondage and uh, as I've, i was finishing this message in isaiah 60 it says that um, the lord will arise over you and the glory of god everybody say the glory the glory of god will will come over you and when it talks about glory there the word shabbat it is um it's like a heavy weight but it's not a weight like sin it's a weight of authority and dominion and power and uh it's but it shines everybody say it shines just like jerry seville walking through that mall it shines and, uh, and sometimes, you know, I've been in positions where I've gone in places and, uh, you just know that the spirit of God is reaching out to somebody. Have you ever, you know, you just know it and you reach out and they just grab hold of it and you get to see the glory of God in that situation. It's him. It's, but it's power and authority that the enemy cannot overcome. Other times you walk in a place and they don't like you and you don't even talk to them yet. <laughs> Have you ever had that? I mean, I used to feel, because I liked people like me, I had to get over people pleasing to ever be in this position. But, uh, you know, I would want people like me, and so they'd look at me, and they'd give me a dirty look, and i think, oh, I'm so sorry. So I'd try to make it better. It'd only get worse. 
And I'm thinking, I'm being nice. Can't you be nice? And it's like the devil says, no, I'm not going to be nice because I know what you've got. And I'm thinking, I don't know what I have. Hallelujah. Because we're ignorant. Everybody say ignorant. That we are the light. The enemy knows light. And he knows when light comes in the room. But it's our choice to let light do its work over darkness. And so it says, arise, shine for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you and there will be gross darkness. This is an exciting time to live because gross darkness from my generation, it's we're in gross darkness. You know, if you're, if you're maybe 30 or 20 uh, and haven't been where I lived as a teenager, then it may not seem all that bad to you. I mean, it's been this way. It's not so gross. Well, it just depends on what perspective you're looking at in the natural. But in the spirit, everybody say in the spirit, this is gross darkness, gross darkness. And God is saying, you are the light. You are the light. And that we have within us, when that light comes, four things God gave me, hope, peace, joy. And the the fourth one, and I thought of the Sundays because it's my job to, to, lead with the, you know, where we're going with the music, what we're going to do through the holidays. And, and my husband, you know, where are you going to do a musical? No, I'm not doing a musical. What are you going to do? It's Christmas. Okay. I got to figure out. So I asked God and I kept hearing this scripture. And so I said to the, to uh, our worship pastors here, uh, songs about the light. We sang it today. You are light. You are light. When the darkness closes in, did you even notice? Maybe not, but now you will. Because you've heard this word. And, and then it, we, I'm running to you. Who's the light? Jesus. We're running to the light. When darkness tries to come, we run to the light. And so when I was thinking about all of this, I was thinking, you know, Lord, in this church, we have an opportunity to be that light every single week. Every single week. And then he gave me these four words. Hope this week. Peace next week. Joy the next week. And the last week, I couldn't figure out. I said, Lord, what is it? Salvation. Salvation. I thought, salvation. Well, I went in Pastor Bill's office, and he is a shopper. And so I have to watch because we always have to pay more when we get to the end than I thought we were going to pay. Because he throws things in the cart. Now he's go- he loves to go grocery shopping with me. I said, That's, don't come. Because... I see him, and he throws the bag over his shoulder, you know, like he'll throw it in the cart. Like he's a kid, and he's buying candy. I'm going to get him. I am going to get him when we get to the end because it's like, where do we get all this stuff? Horseradish something something that nobody would eat except Pastor Bill because he's he's jelly on his pizza dough when he's done with it. (laughs) So... I go in his office, and there's these four little figurines. Now, he likes little figurines that are important to him. He's got four little bears back there that are the military guys, all the different. But this is four little um, bears, or no, um, snowmen. And on them is hope, peace, joy, and the last one, love. And I thought, there you go, God. Everybody say, God's always speaking. He's not like this North Pole lady that you keep dialing up. She says, it's not December yet. Can't talk to you. He's always confirming his word. Everybody say confirming because he's a light and he gives light to every situation. So I know this word is for today. And today it's about hope. Everybody say hope. If, and, and I just gave you all this so you could know and understand that God wants you to live in the light and you are people of the light. You may not be in the light right now in a few areas in your life. I have been in darkness in my life in areas. But God is faithful, and he always brings the light to those situations if I'm willing to hear that it might be me. Could I say that again? If I am willing to hear it might be me and not the other person. Now, they may be in darkness too, but I can't get people out of darkness by telling them what's wrong with them. I can get people out of darkness by making sure I'm in the light. Does that make sense? You know, I don't have to be concerned about their darkness. I just have to be concerned about my light. And so I was thinking of this story because I'm, of course, in Ezekiel. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm going to be glad when I get to Nehemiah. At least there we get to rebuild the walls. That's coming up here in a few days. Right now, it's just been in captivity and, and all kinds of bad stuff happening to these people. But it was their decision. 
Uh, that's, I, I've watched it all the way through. It was their decision. It wasn't God's. He loved them. And his, the thing that God was so incensed about with Israel was they never believed and trusted who he was. They never would believe it. And if you read those three books, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of them, God says, this is going to happen, and then they will know. Everybody say no. They will know that I am God, and this is the last resort. But what was important to God? That they knew that he was really God, that he would do those things that he said he would do, that he would take care of them. Because ultimately, he did bring them back out of captivity from Babylon, back into the promised land. That's what I get to read about in a few days. I'm kind of excited about that. And so here is, though, the last of the last. And they're in captivity. They're in Babylon. These are God's people. And they think it's God's fault that they're there. They still don't get it that it's their choices that have put them in darkness and put them in captivity. And so here comes God to Ezekiel. And and it says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. That's Ezekiel speaking here. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he sat me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Now, just a second here, I want to tell you something. You are not sitting in darkness spiritually. You may be sitting in darkness or know people, and we're going to pray for them today, who are sitting in darkness. But spiritually, you are always light. Did you hear me? Your spirit man never goes dark (laughs) because it's born again. It's alive unto God, so it's light. But your flesh... Your mind, your will, your emotions, your flesh, they just can go to darkness really quick if you let them. And so in this, in your life, it says in Ephesians chapter 2 that you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now, have any of you ever heard about heaven? Heaven is full of light and there is no darkness there. So if you're seated in heavenly places, then you're seated in the light. That means seated in the word of God always means in authority, in power. In other words, you're not up fighting. You are resting position. Jesus is resting in heaven because the work is finished for you because you have Christ and the light is in you. The struggle for you in the spirit is over. I hope you're getting this because it's really good. The fight is with your flesh and your mind. Your spirit man is strong. It lives in the light. But the rest of you isn't always got the light switch on. I mean, you, you got to flip the switch. You got to get into the spirit to see this light. And so that these people, they were sitting in darkness. These people were totally in darkness. They were in a foreign land. They had been taken captive and they're God's people. And they're, they're all upset with God. And, and now they've gone to being totally dry bones. It says they're in such bad shape that God has to put new skin on them. He has to fix them. He uses this analogy that he's going to have to put them all back together again, like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, kind of that thing. And so he's got to put them all back together. And he says to Ezekiel, uh, this shows him this place. And then he says, he caused me to pass round about them and behold, there were very many human bones in the open valley or plain and behold, they were very dry. In other words, there was no life in them. Do you know that's the way a lot of the people are that you walk by every day? That may be the person you sit next to in your position at work. Uh, It may be, you know, people that you have to associate with on a regular basis, and they are just dry bones. You know, the light can see that. Light can see because God caused Ezekiel to see it. He, He caused Ezekiel. God caused Ezekiel to see it. He was a prophet. He had power in the old covenant to speak and prophesy and change things. Turn your neighbor and say, so do I. Yeah, you do. You may not know it yet, but you do. And he said, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Lord God, you know. In other words, I have no clue. I mean, it's the valley of dead bones, dry bones, nothing, nothingness. How many of you know that song? Dim bones, dim bones, dim, dry bones. But what does it say? Now hear the word of the Lord. Can you all sing that? Now hear the word of the Lord. Over here, dim bones, you sing this. Dim bones, dim bones, dim, dry bones, dim bones, dim bones, dim, dry bones, dim bones. Everybody now hear the word of the Lord. Oh, you guys, we got a choir. Maybe we will do a musical. Hallelujah. 
we shouldn't have done so good. Could now Pastor Bill be telling me at lunch today, I told you you could do one of the musicals. Did you hear those people? <laughs> but I was thinking of that last night. You know, we, we need to get that. We need to get that revelation in us. You know, they look dead. Now hear the word of the Lord. Where are they going to hear it from? The light. The church. How many of you think if we had been speaking and lit up sooner, we might not be in the mess we're in today? Because we have power. We have authority. And so he says, you know, and again he said to me, the Lord said to him, prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. That means stop looking at me and say something. Do something. And so he says, you say to them, oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath and spirit in you and you dry bones shall live and you shall know. Everybody say you shall know. You shall know, understand, and realize that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. That's all he was asking of the children of Israel. Loyalty, everybody say loyalty, and obedient service. All of this whole thing that they walk through is to get their attention. How many of you have ever had to get your children's attention? How many of you ever had God get your attention? Yeah. Because God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And so when we are in the light, we are in a place of prosperity. We are in a place of health. We are in a place of wholeness. When we, when we start flowing over into the darkness, we become captives, just like these people. They became captives, but they were captives long before they were in Babylon. They were captives to their own desires, and they sinned and got in trouble, and they would not give up. They stayed in that position till finally God put them in captivity where he was in charge, and he didn't let them out for 70 years. And so as we look at that, it goes on, and so he prophesies, and it says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. Have we been commanded by God? To speak, to bind, to loose, to do. And he did that. And it says, as he prophesied, there was a thundering noise. And behold, a shaking, trembling, rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews upon the bones. And flesh came, and skin covered them. But there was still no breath in them. But then he said to me, prophesy to the breath and the spirit. How many of you have seen somebody so broken and such a mess and you go up and say, live in the name of Jesus, life come. And then you're like, do something God quick because my reputation is at stake. No, your reputation is not at stake. It's God because it's the glory that brings that life. Is it scary? Yeah, in the natural, but it's great fun in the spirit because God shows up. If God tells you to speak to somebody, life come, life will come. If God says, cast out that demon, you cast out that demon, life will come. Why? Because you are the light. You are the light. I, I'll show you in a second. You are the light. And then he said, prophesy to the breath and the spirit, son of man, say to the breath and spirit, thus says the Lord. Everybody say, thus says the Lord. Come from the four winds, breathe in spirit, breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath and the spirit came into the bones and they lived and they stood up. Everybody say stood up. You know, a long time ago, I was in a, in a service in Tulsa and Pastor Billy Joe, he was preaching and he said, I just see all the people and they're standing up on the outside, but on the inside, they're all bent over like that woman with the issue of blood. You know, she was all bent over and he began to speak for them to straighten up, straighten up. What he was doing was calling life and breathing into them what the word of God was saying to him to say to those people. And I believe those who said, yes, received. I believe those, those who said, what the world's he doing? Who's he think he is? Received nothing. Because it's prophesied to Ezekiel. He says it in another form to Jeremiah. He says it to Isaiah. Hearing they hear, but do not understand. Seeing they see, but they do not perceive. What does that mean? They see it, they hear it, but they don't do anything with it. Because they're not spiritually connected to what God is doing. 
it's possible to have God and him, Emmanuel, God with us, in us, and never respond to the light. But I don't want to live there. It's risky living in the light. Because when you live in the light, you can get hurt. How many of you know people that are hurting, and that evil is, can be hateful, it can be mean, while you're trying to be this nice light? But they're not receiving your nice light. They're becoming more angry. Why? Because a hardened heart will either get harder or will let go and let God in. And it's their choice. You can't fix, you can't do that. You can't make that happen. Only God can. But I want to tell you this. There's four things here. He said, you know, hear the word of the Lord. Then he said, cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And the bottom line was, you will know I'm God. You will know I'm God. I believe today God wants to help people who are hopeless in this church. And we prayed in the first service for families of people who have families that are in positions that you know they are hopeless. And nothing you've said or done has changed anything that they're in. But God sees. God sees their heart. And he knows where they're at. And he knows what to do in their life to bring them out of captivity. I want to tell you this. You are never the reason for somebody else's captivity. Nor is anybody else the reason for your captivity. Captivity is based on your choices, not somebody else's. The children of Israel weren't captives because they chose to do wrong things. We always can choose to do wrong things. However, the enemy will come to collect on that decision. And only repentance and the grace of God spares us from those things. So we have to stay in that place of commitment. Final scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, its strength, its quality, you can... How can it get saltiness to be restored? Is it not for anything any longer but to be thrown or trodden underfoot of men? You are the light of the world. See, there was a transference of light. When it says God with us, Emmanuel, that was a deposit of light that went on the inside of you. So now wherever you go, you know, whatever your position is in life, It says you are light, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. How many of you know when a Christian messes up, everybody sees it? And they all talk about it, don't they? Oh, they're hypocrites. Of course, they're not doing anything for God, but they know what you are. But you know why that is? Because you're light. Everybody say you're light. And you can't be hidden. You are a city set up on a hill. And that's why... People look at you because darkness will look for light. How many of you, if you're in the dark, look for light? You know, I told you about Pastor Bill turning the the bathroom light out on me all the time. Well, I want to see the light. Everybody say the light. Because I want to see what's there. Well, that's the way we are spiritually. We need to see the light. And people are looking for the light. That's why when we mess up, everybody's got their finger pointed at us. Because the enemy hates the light. And he will discredit the light wherever he can. So you are the light. It says, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all in the house. You say, you know, the devil got in my house. Well, how in the world is he living there? People don't like that counsel. (laughs) Why is he living in your house? Where is the light? Flip the switch and kick him out. And usually people say, well, I just don't know how it is. Well, I think, well, you know, you're just going to sit there because only you can turn on that light. I can pray. I can stand the gap, but I can't flick that switch for somebody else. But we have an obligation to stand and pray and speak and command the devil, not the person. How many of your prayers are based on (laughs) change Charlie, change Charlie now? changed charlie yesterday god it's late he's he's really bad instead of devil get your hands off of charlie well i want to tell you that upsets the devil because that's light and maybe charlie will call you right up and say i never did like you i like you less now goodbye and you haven't even talked to charlie but the devil knows the devil knows the light and he knows when the light's on the phone And he will attack you, the same Charlie you're trying to pray for. And then you say, tech with Charlie, who needs that? (laughs) No, you just say, devil, I bind your mouth and you're not stopping me because I am the light and you are the darkness. 
and I know who I am. So get out. That's how serious you have to get. You say, well, you know, I've been saying lots of things that aren't working. Are you saying that? What are you saying? What are you prophesying? What are you speaking over those situations? It's critical where we are today. Let's stand. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, notable, and good deeds and recognize from that and honor and praise and glorify not you but your Father who is in heaven. Amen? Amen. How many have been saying, I want to see the glory? We sing it in here. Show us, show us your glory, but don't use me for heaven's sake, God. Because I don't want to be persecuted. (laughs) Amen. That's true. That somewhere the church did that. We have been undercover so far that the whole world hasn't seen us yet. But they will. When we let our light begin to shine. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for every person here. Lord, this is a season that you came and you said, I'm bringing the light. I'm bringing it. Lord, you've told me before, you preach, I'll bring it. So bring it. I'm believing, Lord, that anybody in this room today that doesn't know Jesus, this is your day. The Bible says this is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. That any day, any time, night or day, that you call upon the name of Jesus and you receive him as Lord and Savior in your life, you will be saved, made safe, delivered, out of bondage, brought into a place of safety. You may not have full light in your mind or in your flesh, but you are light. You are light. And if that's not you today and you know darkness has had a hold of you and you you want to be free, there is no escape from darkness except the light, and that being Jesus Christ. And if that's you today and you say, you know, I need to be delivered from this darkness once and for all. Maybe you've made a decision, then you ran away, and God's saying, come back, come back, because I love you, and I want to take care of you, and I want to protect you. That's his heart. He does not condemn. An altar call is not about condemnation. It's about rescue, rescue, rescue from from evil. And if that's you today and you say, that's me, I, I need I need to pray and recommit or I need to commit my life to Jesus. I want you to lift your hand right where you are and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you right where you stand. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.